Hello, this is Peter Jonathan Robertson with the 68th edition of the PJ Archive. It's the first of many interviews I've been fortunate to do with the pioneering and immensely popular American singer-songwriter Neil Sadaka. He and his wife Liba have been particularly kind to me in my career and she was present when this interview took place in their favourite boutique hotel in central London when Neil was promoting his excellent album Timeless. He started by explaining how that came about. What happened was uh, I did a song on the Des O'Connor show several months ago called The Miracle Song and the uh, television station got a lot of uh, people calling in asking where they could buy it. There was no record. And then Polygram, George McManus of Polygram, called us and said, gee, I'm getting uh, people calling, because I used to record for Polygram, uh, people calling where they can get the Miracle Song. And he said, I'm going to look at the tape to see what all this hoopla is about. And he went to the tape and he called me and he said, this is a hit song. So we're going to put together a CD. Uh, album of 22 songs including the Miracle Song and I said alright and then Liba a few months ago had a call from the Japanese publisher EMI and they said um, the RCA records are out of print and we can't get them easily for commercials or what have you and would you re-record 15 of your old hits I said that's difficult because they're classics and it's very hard to recapture them exactly but I recaptured them exactly. My voice is the same, never changed. <laughs> and I had the same arranger, some of the written, uh, same musicians. We sent the, first we sent the collection to Japan and they responded by saying, it's incredible, the records sound exactly the same as the old versions. Yeah, all the old favorites are on there. Do you have a favorite amongst them? I love Stairway to Heaven. Not the Led Zeppelin, mine. I love Stairway to Heaven. Queen of 64. I think that's cute. Uh, that's, of course, in the 70s. Uh, Breaking Up is Hard to Calendar Girl. Calendar Girl is my favorite. Is it a bore when you have to play the same old hits over and over again for the public? Don't ask me that. They're my creations. No, it's not a bore at all. It's very exciting. No medleys. I used to do medleys years ago, you know, little pieces of the song. And now I think it's cheats cheats the public. You have to really do the song in their entirety. They were classic songs. But do you find it harder to get a hit record nowadays than you did in your early days? Oh, it is. Why? Yes. Why is that? Well, the audience is young. They're trendy. They're fickle. I think now this is a turnaround. This could be my laughter in the rain, this miracle song and this album. In 75, they said, oh, Neil's a ghost from the past. You know, It'll never happen. And laughter in the rain was number one. I think the Miracle Song uh, will turn this around. The fact that I was on Top of the Pops, I mean, on the album and uh, the radio, it's, it's really, um, age has really nothing to do with it. I think it, it has to do with it, whatever is on the record. So why do you think you've stayed so incredibly popular all these years? The songs are good. The voice is distinctive. I think that people will remember me who grew up with me and young people who are discovering me now. There are a lot of young people come to the my concerts who uh, are just discovering me now. And I think the fact that I am a songwriter, I have a, an edge over the other people who just get up and interpret others. Do you still work as hard as you ever did? I'm working very hard. I've had three weeks, one night in each city, each night in another city. In 
interviews, radio, television, newspapers. This is a very exciting time for me because it can create what happened to me in 75 from England to America over the pond. How are you looking towards the future just to see what happens now or do you actually have a plan? I do. I have an album in the can of great new songs. I invested in my own my own uh, album. Now several labels are inquiring about it because of the success of this one and I think that uh, we well certainly we're coming back in March we're doing uh, six or seven concerts ending with the Albert Hall Lieba who is my manager will has her work cut out for her we have to repeat this success in Scandinavia in Benelux countries in Spain in Germany and I've never worked really any of Europe I've only worked America, England, and the Far East in Australia. You're held in, in great affection over here. Why do you think Britain's taken to you so strongly? They're very faithful. Uh, they love the original rock and rollers. Uh, they have good taste. They... <laughs> I'm a performer. I'm good on the stage. Quality. You're also a New Yorker, of course, and you've always... Have you always lived in New York? Do you live there still? Always, yes. We have a new place in New York. We've always lived in New York. But we keep a place in L.A. and San Francisco and Connecticut. Is it just the two of you living there? Yes, the children are on their own in New York. Tell me about them. We've got a daughter and a son. My, uh, my son uh, is moving into a newer flat on 60th and 2nd, and he's a filmmaker. And my daughter is a jingle singer for radio commercials and uh, did the Birmingham special with me, which will be on Monday on the BBC One. I have an hour television special. Because she duets Laughter in the Rain with you on the album, doesn't she? She did that, yes. She's an excellent singer. Are you intending to work with her again, or was that a one-off? On the next album, we have done uh, another one, another duet. I, I like the way she sings. Does she sing like you, would you say? Better. Much better. R&B, very, very bluesy. A higher voice, no doubt. Mm -hmm. uh, she's called Dar Dara, is that right? That's right. Why? Why, why Dara? Lieber's grandmother was Dora. And we wanted to uh, have something similar and not uh, not old-fashioned sounding. How often do you see the two of them, Mark and Dora? All the time. All the time. Mark just moved in a uh, editing machine in the new f apartment, and he's been editing his thesis film. And Daryl is just a few blocks away, walking distance. So we see them all the time. Tell us a bit more about them, their personalities. and. Dara is more like me. Mark is more like Lieber. I'm the artistic, crazy type, and Lieber is the sensible, uh, very uh, feet on the ground. So is Mark. So is Mark. We never had trouble with them. Because it must have been tough growing up with you being already very famous. Yes. My son has said, why did you have to be so famous? I have to compete with you. And I said, oh, and I've always given him confidence, and he's terrific. He looks wonderful, he's intelligent, he's sophisticated, uh, he's, he's a good filmmaker. So why do you have to be in competition with me? It seems everybody is down on my case now, because I was famous. You'd have thought your, your daughter would have more competition with you, bearing in mind she's in the same business. Yes. Maybe that's why she didn't go into show business, uh, per se, performing. Because she thought, oh, you know, I have to be as good, if not better, and people will judge me because you're my father. But they, um, they're terrific kids. They, they have their own personalities. Mm. How often are you actually at home? Because it sounds like you're always away on the road. Six months a year we're home. Lieber and I will be going uh, 
on the Royal Viking to Australia, to New Zealand. Uh, Lieber has arranged uh, a lot of uh, ships, the big ships, where we get two weeks on a, on a ship and just have to sing one night. That's the life, isn't it? It's great. They pay me and it's a marvelous vacation. Mm. I mean, it seems that you enjoy yourself as much as ever. I do. I love performing. And now at this time, at this age, in this stage of life, it's got to be uh, much better. You have the experience behind you. You have paid the dues and you have the respect. And it's 33 years in the business. Uh, Lieber and I decided if we don't do it now, when are we going to do it? So I'm semi-retired, actually. Well, Except if this happens in America, I might not be semi-retired. It doesn't sound like you're slowing down, though. Well, as I said, we, we've only worked six months a year in America. So uh, now, with this success, if we can spread it to the other countries, perhaps I'll work more. How would you describe your lifestyle? Is it very flash and uh, show-busy? Not show business, but it's a, it's a high lifestyle. We go first class wherever we travel. First class hotels, MGM, Concord, you know. We work very hard for it and we deserve it. A beautiful uh, flat in L.A., uh, a beautiful place in New York and Connecticut. I think uh, one of the uh, things that you work for is, is to have uh, things that make you happy and beautiful things that surround you. Are you the sort of person that maybe in your earlier days you were going to all the first nights and being seen at all the flash parties and perhaps still doing so? Or what? Well, we go to a lot of things in New York. We're invited. We have a stack of invitations all over. And I think we make uh, a lot of them in New York. You know, we can go out uh, three, two, two parties a night in New York, but we pick and choose the ones we want to go to. When you do go to a party, do you find that people push you on the piano and say, go on, sing us a song, Neil? Sometimes. Sometimes. Do you oblige? If they're friends. I don't like to get up if I don't know anyone, or if it's a public place, like a restaurant or a club or something. But if they're f uh, very dear friends, I certainly will. Friends have uh, sometimes... Uh, Katie Edelman had a, a marvelous dinner at her home, and um, I got up and sang. As a matter of fact, she's producing a, a movie for television about our life. American television. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. That sounds extraordinary. It's about how you met and um, your relationship together over a short period of time. Yes, in 1958 we met, and Leva had the hotel she owned, her mother, and I had the orchestra. I was 19. There were four pieces. I played the piano. It was Monticello, New York, Catskill Mountains. Leva ran the hotels, all right? Her mother. Her mother. She was 16. She worked behind the desk. It's like a dirty dancing. It's, it's a real dirty dancing. I said to the trumpet player, you see that girl, I'm going to marry her. He said, you're crazy. How can you say that? She's 16 years old. She's so young. I said, well, I, I really have an immediate attraction to her. And we dated for three years, and it's going to be about that, you know, about um, uh, the two of us. She was gorgeous. She was gifted. She was marvelous. You've had an extremely long marriage. We're in a business where marriages don't tend to last. Why do you think that is? Why is it last? We're friends. We're friends. We have so much that we've done together. Liba manages the career. Well, she always managed the career. Only the last 15, 17 years. She keeps me stable. I would have been a crazy nut. She's a wonderful woman, wonderful uh, mommy, and um, we love each other. Have you had to be quite disciplined, though, in saying we must spend a certain amount of time <coughs> together in case things don't go 
as we hoped. No, we never thought of taking separate vacations. We never, never. What about when the children left home? Was that a big rift? That was bad for me. I cried really? a lot. It took me a long time to get over it. Did it, uh, did it inspire you to write songs about it? I did. I wrote a song called My Son and I, which is on Monday night on the BBC special. And um, I wrote the Miracle Song during that time. I found it very hard when the children left. I loved when they were with us. Are you easily inspired? Does it take a lot to inspire? A lot. A lot. Songwriting is hard. Always been. Now it's harder. I usually do it six weeks a year. I force myself. Are you not one of those people that carries a piece of paper around with them all the time, just jots down things? I do. I have napkins full, little pieces of slips of paper with lyrics and music. We were at a spa. There was a piece of wood, and I wrote, scratched out words on it. When we went to Greece, we were invited by the Greek government, Tourist Bureau, actually. I did a commercial for the Tourist Bureau, and they sent Lieber and I for a month to Greece. And I wrote a collection of songs in the Greek style, bazooki music. And little, I still have, Lieber saved me, a little, um, little scraps of paper, notes, and lyrics, because if you don't write it down, I really should carry a tape recorder. How stupid. It's but, hard to write. But when you take your six weeks, as you say, where, where do you go? Do you, do you find it best to write at home, or is there a particular place you go to? Anywhere there's a piano, either the L.A. apartment or Connecticut or New York. Are you one of these terrible neighbors that nobody wants to have because you're always playing the piano and singing too loud? When we moved into the Chic Park Avenue place, this guy who lived under me said, oh, you better not play too loud. And I said, people pay a lot of money to hear me play. <laughs> but uh, the walls are so thick. I go through the night. I mean, Lieber has gotten up in, in the morning and seen me still seated at the piano. I really throw myself into it. It's very hard to write. Very hard. It must be tough to just, like, give yourself a certain amount of time. You have to get things done in that time. Surely it's sort of a natural thing, isn't it? It just comes out when it wants to. Hmm. I usually like it when there's a project, like there's an album coming up. I think the next album is going to really be the most... Exciting. Don't you always say that about your next album? No, because it's been 10 years. I really have not recorded in, in 10 years. And this I did in L.A. with the best session musicians. And it is a hot um, Rod Stewart-type, uh, uh, Phil Collins, uh, Brian Adams-type of songs. You mentioned a couple of British artists, though, which is very kind of you. What other performers do you admire? Who would you go and see? Who do you go and see? Seal. I would love to see Seal. We've got Tammy Wynette joining forces with KLF. We could have Neil Sedaka and Seal, couldn't we? I think he's marvellous. The album is one of the greatest productions, and the songs are so unpredictable, and they wind and turn. They're marvellous. But who would you pay to go and see? Who do you go and see in concert? I would see the Wilson Sisters' Heart. I think they're great. I would see Terence, Terence Trent Darby. Uh, he hasn't recorded for a while. I think he's great. I like the good technical singers, the great technical singers. But do you go to concerts a lot? What sort of things do you do when you're not working? We go to the theater, to the cinema. I snow ski in Tahoe, and we uh, go on the ships. You snow ski. Do you do a lot of sports to keep fit and that sort of thing? Oh, I'm not fit. Uh, I feel good, and now I, I guess after I've been working three weeks straight, I'm 
fitter than I've ever been. But um, I like tennis, weekend tennis, and I, li I, lo I love to ski. I can get down any hill, slowly, carefully. Even with moguls, I love, I love everything. The whole itinerary is a very exhausting one, isn't it? You have to dance quite a bit on the stage. I mean, doesn't that take a lot out of you? Not really. No, Lieber is shocked that I come back and I'm, 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 I'm energized. I love it. I'm looking forward to the Palladium. I'm going to really enjoy these, these two shows at the Palladium. I had to put on an extra one. Do you make sure that you keep yourself quite healthy, though? I mean, you into a good diet and all that sort of thing? I do. I have chicken and fish. Um, I try not to have the appetizers and the fried f stuff and Chinese. I'm, I'm overweight, but I'm fit and healthy. I'm about 15 pounds overweight, but I, w I suffered for many years with uh, a stomach condition uh, called diverticulitis, and I was operated on two years ago for it. They removed eight inches of my colon. It was a successful operation. And for so many years I suffered, and now I feel uh, like I can eat within reason, but for my age, you know, I have to be careful. For my profession, I have to be careful, and uh, I... I would say, uh, I feel good. I feel good. Of course, uh, the English press, oh, my God, he's a roly-poly, you know, all of that. They called me the disco doughboy. They called me uh, a bowling pin with a smiling face. <laughs> the most unlikely-looking rock star. Your favorite uncle, a bank teller, solicitor, uh, high, a funny voice, uh, the gamut. How do you take all the, all the criticism? I laugh at it. It's wonderful. They print my name, spell it right. I think it's great. I laugh. To go back to the, the food and all that sort of thing, I mean, I imagine you're a bit of a connoisseur, actually. Libra and I go to the finest restaurants in the world. I am a connoisseur. Do you collect wine, that sort of thing? Or? No. I like my Chardonnay. I love Pouligny Montrachet and Chasseau Montrachet and Cotin Chalamon. I like the, Char uh, the California ones, too. Do you speak French, then? No, I don't. Only one. But you go around all the way around the world. Do you speak other languages at all? I, yo puedo hablar en español. Bastante bien. I, I can't speak Spanish. My grandmother was Spanish. We see performers sort of throwing out a few lines for the sake of the audience when they go to different parts of Well, the world. I used to uh, record in five languages. In those days before Julio, I used to do all of the languages, and it was very successful for me. They thought I was Japanese in Japan. They thought I was it Italian. Is England the best response for you, when you wherever you go? Australia, America, England. I would say England is especially faithful. Whereas in America they build a monument to you and then chip it away. England kind of, uh, once you, you have the English public, they tend to keep you. Mm. When you go to all these countries, do you, do you make a big effort to look around and see the sights, or have you already seen all those in Libra and I usually uh, stay over a couple of days in each country, and we do it. I can't do it while I'm working. I'm very disciplined, and the voice is very important, and I can't go out in the cold and smoky rooms and loud disco rooms and shout. You know, my act is really uh, song after song. It's, uh, it's a voice. Is your priority in life still your, your career? <sighs> my priority is my family and my career. In that order. order. Yeah. In that order. It must be quite tough having a wife and a manager in the same role. No. No, I like it. Is there a sense of, well, you know you can trust your wife, 
Whereas a manager sometimes... That's yeah. right. <laughs> we keep it in the family and I can trust her. Why should I give 25% away to a stranger who is not as good as Lee, but she's very, very uh, capable? She get quite tough. Because managers, they imagine, to be quite tough souls. She is tough. Joan Rivers said she was afraid to meet Lieber. <gasps> the reputation all the years. <laughs> but she's a pussycat. Do you have a lot of celebrity friends? Do you no. I don't. I don't like celebrity friends. <laughs> no, I do have a few. I do have a few. That's what about celebrity neighbors in New York do you have? Yes. Charnin, who wrote Annie, lives next door. And... Uh, Two of our biggest television personalities are friends of mine, and uh, uh, Who are they? Regis Philbin and Kathy. You don't know them here in this country. No. Morris Gibb is a dear friend from the Bee Gees. I see uh, Elton every year. We pass in the wind, and um, Connie Francis pass in the night. Now, loads of people have recorded your songs, including Elvis, didn't they? Did you ever meet Elvis Presley? We did at the Las Vegas Hilton a couple of years before. His what death. was he like? Very nice. Gave Lee with a scarf. We went backstage, and he was very gracious. And we both recorded on RCA. And he um, sat at the piano, and we sang gospel songs. It was very nice. Do you think there's anyone to touch him these days? Anyone else in the league? I think there will be another great Elvis coming up. Is there anyone today? Well, of course, after his death, he became legendary. You've seen just about every place you might want to see, and you've probably met everybody. Is there anyone you haven't met that you'd perhaps like to meet still? <gasps> Jessica Lang. Really? Oh, she's marvelous. One of the great actresses of our time. Have you ever let her know that you want to meet her? No, you're not I'm, her. <laughs> I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I'm embarrassed. Now, this TV, TV show, is it a film that's coming out about you and Lieber? It's a TV movie. Right, and who's going to be playing you? Did you have any requests put in? No, I don't have anything really to do with the casting, but I liked Tom Cruise. <laughs> Maybe with, like, Brooke Shields. <laughs> do you actually not know any, anything more about the production? Uh, just that I've given my notes, and I had an autobiography, and they're going on that. And um, it's supposed to be out by uh, next year sometime. Why should they want to do that now? What, what sort of sparked it off as far as you're concerned? Well, Katie Edelman is a dear friend of ours who uh, has a great history in television. Her father was a great uh, television producer and movie producer. And she is a friend of ours. And she said, you know, I really think that people are interested in Neil Sedaka and how you met your wife and the Catskill Mountains and uh, all of that era, 50s, late 50s, early 60s. So, so that'll be nice. A lot of um, rock stars these days are going into the movies themselves or trying to become actors. Was that ever an ambition of yours? No one has ever really asked me. If they do, I would try it. Yes, I'm a certain type. Certainly if Danny DeVito can be a hit, why not me? <laughs> is, is there quite a bit which you haven't done, perhaps you'd like to have done? I'd like to have... I would like eventually to write a theatre piece, a musical. Have you got one in mind? Not really. A few months ago, I scratched down a little story and I wrote two songs Jimmy Needlander who is one of the big theater people in New York uh, said you know people are always asking when are you going to write theater because your songs are very hummable and memorable and 
I said, you know, uh, Jimmy, I, I, I've come up with this idea. He said, well, write ten songs and let me know about it. So I will. So what's it about? What are the songs about? <laughs> it's, it's not really. It's just in the infant stage. It's just in the infant stage. Right. So it could be a Broadway hit, do you think, in the future? Hopefully. What about going on stage in a musical yourself? Would you perhaps perform in it as well? Uh, no, I wouldn't. Because I perform so long, I want to sit in the audience and enjoy other people singing my songs. There have been reviews with Neil Sedaka's songs on the re on the stage, and I've uh, I've enjoyed sitting and watching other people sing my songs. Do you know how many concerts you've given in your career? Have you any idea? Since 1958, I have no idea. Do you remember that first one in '58? Oh yes, I played in New Jersey in a small club. There were 20 people in the audience. Most of them were my family. And I was uh, 19 years old. I didn't know how to use my voice. I cracked and croaked and couldn't get through it vocally. Um, my repertoire consisted of seven songs. It was awful. What are the more embarrassing moments of your career that can you reveal? I had tomatoes thrown at me in Italy. Why? I was billed as the voice that makes you dream. And I had a song in Italian called I Must Be Dreaming. And I went to Italy a very hectic tour and I got a terrible flu and bronchitis and I talking I couldn't talk and I got up to sing and after 20 minutes I excused myself I scusate se non parlo bene italiano and I tried to say something and I walked off the stage and the promoter said sing sing what happened sing. Mina sang for an hour and a half what do you mean 20 minutes I said I can't speak and they started to throw tomatoes tomatoes did they hit you? No. So what other things about it? Have you ever fallen off the stage or anything? I fell back. Once on a New Year's Eve, I had too much to drink in Atlantic City, and I fell backwards. <laughs> and I didn't hurt myself. Do you get nervous going on stage even now? You know, I have high standards, and I do sometimes, at the Palladium, I'll have butterflies until I walk out. Because it's... I'm a perfectionist, and I want, I want my voice to work right, and I want everything good. But there's sold out for so many weeks. It's a marvelous feeling knowing that people came to hear me and uh, really I'm not that nervous. Now, being a songwriter, you write your own songs, so you're unlikely to forget the lyrics, but have you ever done that? Yes, I do a shalala, dooby-doo. Yes, yes, yes. That's, That's why you do it, is it? Right. But I mean, it's, it must be a great feeling, you know, the fact that they're your own songs rather than other people's. Does that give you an extra kick? Of course. When, when you get up and sing standing on the inside and that's when the music takes me and the miracle song and, and of course it's, it comes from you you know there is a difference I think people re, people can sense when the lyrics come from you in the old days I used to write a few lines and how we would write a few lines of music but I really think people sense when you write the uh, lyrics is it the ultimate flattery when somebody covers one of your songs Oh, yes, absolutely. I had great singers do my songs. What's, which have been your favorite covers? I loved um, Karen Carpenter doing Solitaire, Captain Tennille, Love Will Keep Us Together, The Hungry Years, Jose Feliciano. been a lot of, uh, lot of good ones. You performed with the Carpenters for a while. Did you become friends until the end? I did, I did. Yeah, she was marvelous. What sort of a person was she? Lovely person. Her brother fired me. I opened for them for six weeks, and her brother fired me. Uh, we were touring. 
one point I had to hide the reviews because I was making a great comeback. And you were doing better than they were. I was doing better than they were. And the reviews said, Neil Sataka steals the show, so I was hiding it. And we finally got to Las Vegas, the Riviera Hotel. And there were several of my friends in the audience, Tom Jones, Dick Clark, Paul Anka, and I introduced them. I didn't know that the protocol in, in Las Vegas was that the headliner introduces the celebrities in the audience. And when I got off, Richard Carpenter said, you are fired, get out. And I had to pack up all my musicians. The name was taken off the marquee. I said, oh my God, I can't believe this. And my friend Alan Carr, who was a, uh, in the business for years, he said, you call a press conference and you tell them why you've been fired because you're really uh, blowing them off the stage. But Karen Carpenter was marvelous. She was absolutely exquisite. Now, being a songwriter, you're obviously, you know, dare I say, going to make quite a bit of money out of that. Do you, does money mean anything to you? Yes. I do it for my ego and for money. Absolutely. Seriously? Material, thi material things. No doubt about it. I want to have beautiful things around me. I was from a poor family. My father was a taxi driver. And yes, actually now... Uh, I don't have to work. I do it for the love of it. I do it because I love to perform. Do you surround yourself with luxury, though? Oh, yes. You like to go places in style, do you? I have a Corniche Rolls, and I have a beautiful home in Connecticut, and we travel first class. I mean, look at this. <laughs> would you like to live in London, or could, could you live in England? I lived here for three years in the 70s. We lived uh, on Park Street, right? Right here, the Fountain House behind the Dorchester. Why were you living in London? A friend of mine said, uh, you're never going to make it in America again. You better go to England because they like you, and perhaps it's easier. There are fewer radio stations. He was right, and it happened. I recorded with the 10 CCs. I met Elton, and uh, we, we had that comeback. So uh, I would live here again easily. I think it's very civilized, very gracious. People are nice. I think... Uh, People have more time to to spend with you, and uh, it's more, there's more personal contact. Is there a big difference between the New Yorkers and the Los Angeleans and things like that? Oh, Los Angeleans, I really don't like. I think it's a phony. I wrote, wrote a song once called Cardboard California, and I, I can't, uh, after three weeks I've had it with California. New York is a real city, uh, whether you like it or not. It is a cultural center. Museums, restaurants, shops, uh, art galleries. Are you still very much a New Yorker then at heart? I am. Is there any other place in the world that you... I love uh, Hawaii. I love Sydney, Australia. I love Rio de Janeiro for the spirit and music. Several places, yes. But I would, I would live here. I was talking to Simon today and I said, if it doesn't happen in America, I'm coming back. The other thing I want to ask you about was your awards and all that sort of thing. You won a heck of a lot over the years. Um, do they mean much to you? I don't like to look at them because uh, you can rest on your laurels and you have to really continue to produce. So we keep them uh, in the office. And, um, but he likes getting them. Don't, don't get us wrong. That I was love a thrill that. today. I <laughs> love that. What's the biggest compliment you've ever been paid? That I'm a genius. Who said that? Many people. Me. <laughs> <laughs> as far as uh, musical ambitions left unfulfilled, are there many? Uh, the theater piece, musical comedy. Yeah. I would love to write a great uh, symphony, but I don't know if I could be as good as Brahms. And if you, not a Mahler or a Brahms. Do you think 
think you have many number one hits left in Spain? I do. I do. On the new album, I have at least two number ones, I think. I went into an L.A. studio and financed it myself. And it's right there in the can. As far as the future of the two of you are concerned, how do you look towards that? We'll go on for a bit longer. <laughs> the future for the two of us. We're going to go on forever. We've been together 29 years, and uh, we love each other. We're I'll quote Jessica Tandy. Divorce never. Murder, maybe. <laughs> <laughs>